Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. Janet Yellen speaks and says another rate hike in the next few months. Appropriate. We get a revised First quarter GDP, Pim, we've got a kind of a got a terrific one-two punch in this half hour to look at all this stuff, what it means for the economy, for the Fed, and the markets. Yes, we'll be speaking with Constance Hunter, chief economist at KPMG. Right now, let's speak with Catherine Cowdery in the Bloomberg Newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Pim. And Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at nria.net. Well, stocks narrowed their earlier advance, the dollar extended its gains, and treasuries fell. After Fed Reserve Chair Janet Yellen said an interest rate increase in the coming months may be appropriate, echoing recent remarks by policymakers. Speaking at Harvard University, Yellen stopped short of giving an explicit hint that the Fed would act next month. Julian Emanuel, U.S. equity and derivative strategist at UBS, says it is time for the Fed to take action. The data is supportive. The economy is getting better on virtually all fronts. The GDP was revised higher this morning. Housing has been very strong. The confidence numbers are good. The retail sales are good. And it's it's time for investors who actually perversely are are still very cautious right now. Uh, They're going to realize that. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 23 points, an eighth of a percent is trading at 17,851. S&P 500 up 5 points, a quarter percent to 2,095. The Nasdaq is up 23 points, half a percent, trading at 49.24. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 21 cents a barrel, four-tenths of a percent at 49.27. Spot Gold is down $11.10 a ounce at 12.11.60. And the 10-year Treasury is down 6.30 seconds with a yield of 1.85 percent. Among today's top business stories, Key Corp's $4.1 billion bid to buy First Niagara Financial is apparently facing some questions concerning a federal investigation into First Niagara's minority lending practices. Two people familiar with the matter say the Justice Department began examining more than two years ago whether First Niagara violated a federal law that prohibits discrimination in issuing loans. It's 2.32 on Wall Street. Let's get an update of some of the other stories we're following on Bloomberg Radio today. Catherine, thank you. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. Egypt's chief investigator says the search for the Egypt airplane that crashed last week, killing all 66 people on board, has narrowed to a three-mile-wide area in the Mediterranean Sea. That's based on signals from the plane's emergency beacon. That information was from the day of the crash, May 19th. No new signals have been received. President Obama made history today in Hiroshima, laying a wreath at the site of the first U.S. nuclear bomb attack. The president urged moral progress alongside scientific achievements. We must change our mindset about war itself to prevent conflict through diplomacy. 
and strive to end conflicts after they've begun. Mr. Obama is the first sitting U.S. president to visit Hiroshima. He didn't apologize for the U.S. action, but said the memory of the atomic bombing must never fade. Speaking at the National Press Club today, CDC Director Thomas Frieden said the U.S. now has its first case of a patient infected with bacteria found to be resistant to all known antibiotics. The medicine cabinet is empty for some patients. It is the end of the road for antibiotics unless we act urgently. City Bike says it topped its daily ridership record on Wednesday when more than 53,000 people took out bikes. It also happened to be the warmest day in the city since last fall. The previous record was 52,706 set last September. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. Catherine? Thank you. And recapping, Dow Industrial Average is up 23 points, trading at 17,851. S&P 500 up 5 points at 2,095. NASDAQ higher by 23, trading at 49.24. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Speaking at a panel discussion at the Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study at Harvard University, Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen said that a rate increase would be appropriate probably in the coming months if the economy and labor market continue to strengthen. Let's find out more and get her thoughts on Chair Yellen's conversation. I want to introduce Constance Hunter, Chief Economist KPMG. You can follow Constance Hunter on Twitter at Constance Hunter. All right, Constance Hunter, what do you make of Chair Yellen's conversation and comments about the appropriate increase in interest rates probably in the coming months? Yeah. Hi, Pam. Um, Kathleen uh, Hayes just just tweeted and asked me if I thought her comments were hawkish, dovish, wonkish, or impish. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to go with dovish. Uh, because if she were hawkish, she would be saying things like it's appropriate for the Fed to raise now because it takes time for monetary policy to work through the system. She'd be legitimizing a rate hike um, in, in more concrete and um, assertive language. And she's definitely in a wait-and-see mode, but let me prepare you that there's a very good chance we will raise, right? So she doesn't want to be the markets to be surprised if the Fed does raise in June or July, and I, I think they probably will. The thing that could hold them back is what's going on in the U.K. with the vote for England to remain or leave the European Union. Because should that vote go for uh, uh, leaving the European Union, and it happens just the day after the meeting, um, so they, they, depending upon how the polling is, they may wait to find out that result because it would cause havoc in the markets in the near term. So let's take a look, and I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because we were kind of joking at the top of the show. I would have lost money if I was a trader this afternoon because I was listening to her going, gosh, she doesn't sound talkish to me. She almost sounds dovish. So I'm happy that you are an expert Fed watcher, and that's how your take is on it too. But there are people who think that she was on the hawkish side. GDP, though, 0.8% in the first well, quarter. Well, she's hawkish compared to the expectations, right? Because right. the expectation was that the Fed was on, you know, hold for the whole year. She's not hawkish, but she's dovish compared to four rate hikes as of September. She's dovish compared to some of the other members of the FOMC. Um, uh, but I don't think that means well, if she raises in, in June or July, there's a very good chance they only have one rate hike this year. 
So the GDP number, what do you have to say about that? Uh, we know she is concerned about low productivity. She mm-hmm. mentioned how output has been unusually low in this recovery. Uh, but what do you see, Constance, as you pull apart all these signals in that report and others? How how much are we going to pick up in the second and third quarter? Isn't the Fed chair watching that? Yeah, absolutely. So so let me go through. There's there's the there's the sort of not such great components of GDP, which is exactly what you mentioned. And and that stems from corporate investment, which has been really weak. And if we look through, you know, there's a bunch of different components of corporate investment. So um, there's investment in structures, equipment, um, and and that is where we see real weakness from the fall in the in the oil price and the fall in the investment in the oil and gas sector. But there's another section, so that could be viewed as temporary, and it certainly had a big drag on GDP um, in 2015, almost 75 basis points. So had that not fallen as much, we would have seen much stronger growth last year. But there's another component that is intellectual property uh, products, so software, research and development, um, entertainment, literary and artistic uh, uh, investment. And those first two, software and research and development, have not been as strong as we would like to see, and those are the things that help determine future productivity growth. So she has reason to be concerned there. Household um, wage increases, if there are any. Tell us about that and how that figures into your thinking. So when, I, when we think about um, wages and the relationship between inflation and the relationship between growth, which is what the Fed is looking at, we need to look not just at wage, wage growth, but we need to add wage growth to jobs growth to get total income gains because that is where the pressure comes through the economy and impacts uh, inflation. So when we look at those two things together, we get about a 4.5% increase year over year. And and that's what we were getting last year. We're we're looking to continue to get that this year. And that is enough, uh, in my view, to support some pressure on prices. Now, the most recent PCE data released this morning doesn't necessarily support that, and that's because goods costs have gone way down in the last quarter. Um, But when you look at at the consumption that's happening, we're seeing households in the last two quarters really shift a lot of their consumption to services. And that pressure on services prices, we are a services economy, is, is I think, what's going to push the Fed over the edge to, to, raising, to raising rates sooner, and that is this summer. June or July for the hike, is that the only one this year, or will it be more September or November? I think it's pretty likely that's the only one this year. One of the things that Yellen has said consistently is if we go sooner, we can go slower. If we wait too long, we're going to have to go faster. And I think all things being equal, her preference is to go sooner and slower. Slower and sooner. Well done. Thanks very much, Constance Hunter, Chief Economist, KPMG. Again, Pam, I feel a little bit vindicated that I was not the only person <laughs> listening to Janet Yellen who thought, gee, she didn't sound hawkish at all. I think maybe she sounded dovish. Well, but we are we're going to put this to another very... Another person who watches all of this very closely will probably ask us about every guest on this show today, what they made of Janet Yellen. And if you want to tweet to at Pim Fox, at Kathleen underscore Hayes, feel free. This is Bloomberg Radio. This Hamptons Commuter Minute is brought to you by Land Rover. Visit your local tri-state area Land Rover retailer for special lease and finance offers. Land Rover above and beyond. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.